Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is July 11th, 2022. Today's song recommendation is I Will Follow by Chris Tomlin. I hope that you look up the song with lyrics and sing it directly to God's ears. It's a great way to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's scripture, I will be reading Galatians chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Today's message is titled, Are You Seeking the Favor of Men or of God? We will only follow God, will we not? This is a question that we should ask ourselves before making any decision. Are we seeking the favor of men or of God? We just have to consult with the Lord God Almighty for every decision. It's mandatory. Today I want to talk a little bit before I get into scripture about there's been a couple of people in my life that are going through some difficult hardships. I should say extremely difficult hardships. One has terminal cancer and the other one has just lost his wife to a car accident. She died on the spot. And I talked to both of these individuals lately about God and the one that has the terminal cancer she said well this is what it took to get my attention and I said wow well this is a real big whopping hardship that he gave you and she said well this is what it took to get my attention The other one that lost his wife, talked to him recently, and I said, you know, the only one that can get you through this sorrow is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he said, well, that's up to him. And I said, you know, if he knocks you have to open the door because it's a relationship. So you have to let him in. And he didn't say anything. And Before I left, I said, I'm going to keep you in prayer. And he said, I can use all the help I can get. So we have two people. One notices that the situation benefited her because now she knows the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The other one is mad or upset, I'm not sure which, and has every reason to be. And he lost his beloved wife very suddenly. But it ultimately is not it's not up 
to God. It's really up to us to let him in. Because he's always going to stand at the door and he's always going to knock. And when we have hardships of any kind, big or small, if we don't rely on what his promises are in his holy word, that he promised to, promises to work all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. So although we can't see what he's doing because he is just, nobody can ever know the mind of God. He is God. We shouldn't want to know his mind because that is what Satan has been trying to do for a long time. And he will never be equal to God, but he's always tried. We have to recognize, and that's why we have to be in the Word of God, because we have to read it in order to know what he's promising, in order to know the differences between right and wrong. There is no way that we can know God personally without getting into the Word of God. It's the book that, is, that will guide us, guide us and teach us. One of the scriptures that I'll be reading today is the salvation prayer that has been a guide to lead people into their salvation with Jesus Christ. I'm going to incorporate that in today's message because if you haven't invited the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, it is time to do so because until you confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That he rose on the third day. There lies our faith. You have to believe that. It's not a myth. I've heard somebody lately call it a myth. Call God a myth. You have to believe it in your heart. But once you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe it in your heart... And make that commitment to the Lord. Then the Holy Spirit comes to indwell your heart. And then he will teach you everything that you need to know about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He will help in the sanctification. He will lead you into all truth. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm going to go into all that in just a little while. I wanted to let you know about the hardships because it really depends on how we handle them. It's really hard to see anything good when there's something terrible that's going on. It really is. I, you know, I've had things and I have, right now I currently have rib pain. I had COVID in June, had a lot of cough. I injured first my left rib cage, then my right rib cage, and I'm still suffering from that. And that, you know, it's nothing like these other tremendous hardships that I explained earlier with the terminal cancer and the and the, the wife that died on the spot due to an accident. 
I can't even begin to understand or, or know what they're going through. But one of the, one of my best, the best thing that I can advise anybody always is to get into the Word of God because we have to be on solid, we have to be on the solid rock. The solid rock is Jesus Christ. He is our rock. When we stand firm in Him, the troubles of this life won't knock us off the rock. We won't be wishy-washy in our way of thinking. We, we won't be so mad and angry and all of that because we are firmly planted are firmly planted. Jesus in, in the book of Revelation, he says, either be hot or cold for him, but anything in between, lukewarm, he'll spit you out. So if you are cold for Christ, the troubles of this world will only get you further and further away from God. You will follow the people. If you're lukewarm, you're not firmly planted either on the rock of ages. Eventually, you'll keep on following the people. But if you're firmly planted and rooted in, aren't going to get you. But I do want to say That most people, and they call themselves Christians, have one foot in the world and one foot with God. They're believing God for some of the things that are written in his word, and they're believing the people for a lot of the things that the people are saying. You cannot follow both. Not if you want to be firmly planted on the rock of ages. I can't put it any clearer than that because Jesus doesn't put it any clearer than that. He wants you to be either hot or cold. And anything in between, he's going to spit you out. So I hope you make the decision today to be hot for Christ and want to just follow him and get into his word. And if you have any terrible trials, tribulations, tests that you're going through, that you believe that Jesus Christ is working something out for good. It's either perhaps it is saving one of your children or your spouse needs to come into salvation. We don't know what God is doing. We just don't know, but we have to trust in Him. We have to trust in Him. So again, yes, that one person who's got this terminal cancer, she chose to respond with, this is what it took to save her and to save her, save her from the eternal pit. She is now going into the eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ.
And just because somebody has been given a terminal illness doesn't mean that they will not get a miracle. God is still in the miracle business. So don't ever give up because God, God brings us into life when he, con when he has us conceived, when he chooses us to be conceived. There are many eggs in your mom's womb, were, <laughs> or are. You were chosen. And he's the only one that can take us out. Not a diagnosis from a doctor. Only God. So trust in him. Go ahead and get into scripture if you want to pull your Bibles out. We're in Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle not sent from men nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Pause. God the Father, who raised him, Jesus Christ, from the dead. This, this Paul who wrote the book of Galatians through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wrote quite a few books in the New Testament. He used to preach Judaism, which is a false religion. They do, they do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God or is the Son of God. They do not believe it. So they are not right with God. If anybody is does not confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and believes that God raised him from the dead on the third day is going down to the pit. Not just the uh, religion of Judaism, but any other religion that doesn't believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him on the third day. And he stuck around for 40 days with the apostles and many others saw him. Then he ascended after the 40th day back into heaven and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus Christ met Paul on the road to Damascus and he asked Paul, at that time his name was Saul. Jesus renamed him Paul. But when he was Saul, the Judaizer, he did not believe and he was persecuting Christians. And Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul had an instant conversion. And then now he is preaching the Son of God to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, to all, all of us that are non-Jew. And that was his, his calling, his mission from God, and, and he wrote it all down. Verse 3, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age 
according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Pause. I want to stop there because Jesus Christ, he was in heaven. He created the heavens and the earth. He came down from heaven to be born of the Virgin Mary and became flesh so he could dwell with men and teach us about himself. He came down to sacrifice himself for our sins. Don't ever take that lightly because he died a horrific death for you and for me so that we could have a personal relationship with God the Father. It's a big sacrifice. And it says here that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. He might. So all of you that are believing that Jesus, the Son of God, is going to rescue everyone is not correct. He might not even rescue somebody that believes in him in the heart because in end times, a lot of people are led, are led astray by the evil one. I pray every day that that will never happen to me. That's why I stay in the Word of God and know what His plan is when He returns. He's got it all spelled out in the, in the, in the Bible. He's got it all spe spelled out. That's why we need to stay in there. Because we are living in an evil age. And we want to make sure that we are rescued. Okay, verse 6. The perversion of the gospel. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you he is to be accursed as we have said before so I say again now if any man is preaching to you a gospel Contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Pause. There are a lot of people right now, this is why you can't follow the people that are perverting the gospel of Christ. For instance, sexual immorality, according to God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God from the beginning, from Genesis to the end, the book of Revelation. He is the same God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he, if he, God, says that sexual immorality is a sin, then it is a sin. There is no wishy-washy, you want to go to a specific verse in the Bible and say, see, he didn't say that, or whatever your itching ears want to hear. I wish that you would get into the Word of God and read it from beginning to end so you will know where God stands on sexual immorality. 
I'm only mentioning two, two sins with this podcast because they're on the world stage. The other one is abortion. There's, there's so much anger with, with the Supreme Court of the United States overturning Roe versus Wade. It is a sin. It's murder. I'm going to tell you why. When Jesus Christ came down to be born of the Virgin, Mary, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. At conception, he was a human. At conception, he was a baby. At conception, he was a child. At conception, he was to be born. Again, only God can have somebody be conceived and only God can take a person out. That's God's decision. So if you want to start playing God, then I wouldn't do that. There are a lot of reasons people are putting out there that you know are, is a good reason to have an abortion. But again, only God can make that decision. Now, if you are in the group that has already had an abortion, you can repent and be forgiven. God is in the... That is why he came down. That is why he gave himself for our sins. So you can be forgiven. So if you're considering abortion or you're on the side of abortion, you have to repent. I hope that you do. I hope this message encourages somebody to repent because it is murder. If Jesus Christ had been aborted by Mary because she was an unwed mother, I'm sure she was the gossip of the town. If she had tried to abort Jesus, think about that. Our Lord wouldn't have been born. If God is allowing for a baby to be conceived, we have to just accept it. We have to accept it. He calls us to love. And if you are in the, if you are being, it, well, in the LGBTQ, get out of it. One way, you say, oh, I just can't. It's, I've tried and tried and tried. Well, you can be abstinent. That will show God that you're really trying. Just be abstinent. But he is clear. He is so clear that it is a sin. And the world is trying to tell everybody that abortion and the LGBTQ plus lifestyle is not a sin. This is why we need to listen and follow God. And anybody can be saved. They repent from their sin. But first, of course, you have to confess with your mouth that he is the Lord of your life. And you have to believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So thank the Father for sacrificing his one and only son, Jesus Christ. His sacrificial death has saved us from our sins. 
but you just have to accept him as the, your Lord and Savior. Okay, so here we go. Verse 10. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Pause. I am a bondservant of Christ as well. I will preach the truth on this podcast. You may not like it. You may not like it, but I can't be wishy-washy on this podcast. Otherwise, God will not use use me mightily to try and save someone out there. I am not against you or you or you or you. It's the sin that I'm against. I'm not trying to seek the favor of men. I'm trying to seek the favor of God. And it is time, people, to stick with God. Like I said earlier, he himself said, you're either hot or cold for me. Be one or the other. And if you're anywhere in between, and I'm, I'm, these aren't, I'm not reading the scripture directly from Revelation, but I'm summarizing it. Anybody lukewarm, he will spit you out. So pick a side. Don't stand with the world and with the people because you're, you're, you're going to be confused. And God is not the God of confusion. Verse 11, Paul defends his ministry. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God, who had set me apart, even from, my, even from my mother's womb, and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me, so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to, be, to become acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. But I did not see any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing, He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they were glorifying God because of me. Pause. That's the end of chapter 1. Now I want to go back to where it says in verse 7 that if anyone is disturbing you, and distorting the gospel of Christ. It even says here, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach you a gospel contrary to what you have, to what we have preached to you, 
he is to be accursed. I wanted to go back and read that because an angel from heaven, there are some that are demonic, the ones that followed Satan that were cast out. And they look like men. They look like men. So we don't know who's who in this world. You could be having a conversation with a demonic angel that is trying to teach you a, a gospel contrary to what is, been, what is being t taught in the Holy Bible. You can't trust the people. Some of them are demonic angels. In the book of Genesis... There's a story in there about the angel of the Lord who is Jesus before he came down to be born. And two other angels were standing with Abraham. And they were looking down at the city Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham was arguing with God and saying, you know, well, if you find... What if you find 50 righteous people? Will you still destroy the cities? And God said, if I find 50, I won't destroy the cities. Well, what if Abraham asked, well, what if you find 45? And he kept going down the line. Well, what if you find five righteous people? Will you, just, will you destroy the cities if you find five righteous people? Well, God only found four. Lot, his wife, and their two daughters. So the cities were destroyed. But these angels... They look, they look like men. The angel of the Lord looked like a man when he was standing there talking to Abraham and the other two angels looked like men. The Lord, the angel of the Lord stayed with Abraham to have this discussion with Abraham and the other two walked to the city of Sodom. And Lot let him in to his house. The story says that, and it's found in Genesis if you want to go and find it, that all the men of Sodom, old and young, wanted to have sex with the men, the two men that Lot had led into his house. And if you've heard of that account in Genesis, God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities because sexual immorality all the men of Sodom wanted to have sex with the two men that Lot let in. And those two men were good angels. And so can you imagine? The s wow. Yeah, they, God got rid of all of those people. And he hasn't changed his stance on sexual immorality. The good news is, if you're out there and you're in that lifestyle, you can get out. You can get out. Otherwise, God will leave you in that lifestyle. So I wanted to add that because of the angel. Uh, but even if we or an angel from he heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, just be very, very careful who you're talking to. And then I mentioned earlier that Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus, had appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus and asked him while he was persecuting him. And so Paul writes a little bit of his story here. Now, when we become born again, it is in the Bible where he changes someone's name. So Saul was persecuting the church, and he had a conversion just like that. And then Jesus names him Paul. And Paul is the one that is preaching Jesus Christ. 
So he's no longer Saul, the persecutor of the church and Jesus. Now he's Paul professing, confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he goes on to talk about his life, how he used to be in the religion of Judaism, Judaism, and how he persecuted the church beyond measure and even tried to destroy it. And he was more advanced than the rest of the Jews. He calls them countrymen or his contemporaries. And he was extremely zealous for, for, this, for this religion. So now God, the calling on Paul's life was to go out and preach to the Gentiles and to everybody else that was not, not a Jew because the apostles, Cephas, he named Cephas here, who, is, who was also renamed by Jesus. That's the apostle Peter. He was Cephas. And Jesus renames him Peter. So Paul is explaining that after he had his conversion moment and he was, and God was working on him, it took him three years to go and talk to Cephas, Paul, the apostle Paul, or excuse me, the apostle Peter. And He says that, but when God who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so I might preach him among the Gentiles. I want to, I have to talk about that because I've already explained that Jesus Christ, when he came down from heaven, he was conceived you become a human being at conception. And Paul writes here that he was set apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. If you're out there considering abortion, how do you not know that God has, doesn't have that baby set apart to preach the word of God? There's a purpose for everyone. Think about that. Because we are all, we all come from our mother's womb. And we all have a purpose. So I am thankful for the ruling of the Supreme Court. That they finally overturned that horrific law. So that's, that's what I want to say on Galatians chapter 1. If you want to turn your Bibles over to Isaiah chapter 55, we'll be reading verses 8 and 9, which says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Pause. We don't know the thoughts of God. We do not know the mind of God. He is higher than the earth. If he is allowing for a hardship in your life, 
Other scripture tells us to consider it pure joy that God is allowing for things. In the book of Job, Job had wealth. He had a family. He had everything going for him. Everything going for him. Satan has a conversation with God. And he says, well, have you considered your servant Job? Or maybe God said that. I'm really tired. One of them said that. God said, Job, basically, this is, you know, I'm not in, I'm not reading from Job right now, but God basically says, nothing we throw at Job will, will cause him to stumble because he's firmly planted in his belief, in his loyalty to him, to God. And Satan says, well, well, no wonder. There's nothing going wrong in his life. He's got everything he's ever wanted. Well, of course he loves you and is loyal to you. You've never given him anything to, to ever be mad at you for. So God says, well, go ahead and allow, go ahead and do things uh, to him. And I don't know why God did this only he he has this in the in the bible so we can learn from it because through everything job lost his children then his wealth and he lost his health he had i don't know what it was boils or something from head to toy head to toe he had he had open sores all over him and yes he said to god i wish you'd never even let me be born but God said to him, one of the things that, st that stuck out to me was God said to him, who are you to question me and what I'm doing? Something like that. And it just made me think, we can't question what he's doing because his thoughts are higher than our, our not our thoughts, nor are, nor are your ways my ways. He ended up giving Job everything back, his wealth, his health, children. And the way I read it and interpret it, he gave Job the same children. You might read it differently, but that's how I chose to interpret that. He gave him everything back because Job did not listen to the two people that were saying, well, well you must have done something wrong for God to allow for all that to happen. And he kept saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Finally, God has a conversation with Job. It's a really good book. You should go and, go and read it. So we don't know what God is allowing. But Satan is the one that inflicts us with things. It's not God directly. Satan is out to get us. He wants to turn us away from God. He wants us to be mad at God, angry at God, blame God, on and on and on. Because he wants us to go down to the pit where he's going to go when Jesus returns. He is trying to lead us astray. And he is nothing but an angel, a demonic angel that is the leader of the demonic angels. 
So we can't question it. We can't question it. We'll go over to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And these verses are crucial. If you have not confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God and Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, if you haven't believed that, if you haven't said it, you have to say it out loud, then I hope you that I hope that you say it today. It says this. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. What you do is you just say, God, I give you my, my life. I, I just give it all to you. I want you to take over. Perhaps you're tired, weary, can't handle everything on your own. Perhaps you're even deciding you think you want to just give up. Don't give up. Say this prayer. Lord, I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I confess with my mouth, confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And I trust you with my life. Have your Holy Spirit come into my heart and take over. So that I can rest in knowing that, that I, I don't have to do anything anymore. The Holy Spirit will help me. The Holy Spirit will sanctify me. And I am saved from my sins, from the past, from the present, and the future. And I repent of my sins. I repent. I turn away from all my sins. And I pray you help me when I fall. And help me to remember that with each step, each step that I walk with you, that you forgive me along the way because I love you with all my heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to read Romans 14, oh, excuse me, chapter 10, verse 14, because this is very, very important. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So you have to believe in the one that you're praying to. If you don't believe in him and everything that he did, 
How can you be saved? You have to believe. That's why the prayer says you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It's not a myth. It's not a fairy tale as I've heard it. Jesus Christ rose on the third day and now he sits at the right hand of the Father and one day he's coming to judge the living and the dead. And just because somebody doesn't believe in him doesn't mean he doesn't exist. We have a creator. So I'll just get into my thoughts a little bit. It really is about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if he's knocking, let him in, like I told the man that lost his wife. And begin your relationship. It can't just be, oh, after you've accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior, that you don't want to now learn everything there that you can about him. That's what the Holy Bible will help you with. Stay in the Holy Bible. Read, read, read. Because a lot of people are only professing Christians. They professed all of this, but they never really believed in their heart. And so those those people are, are lukewarm because they haven't exactly believed in their heart that Jesus, that the truth. So grow your relationship with the Lord. You don't ever want to hear the words from the Lord. Truly, truly, I did not know you. So get to know him. If you're going through a hardship, hold on to the promise that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. We may think we can't handle it during each day, but we do handle it because we do make it into the next day and the following day. We make it through again. We handle it with God's help. God's goal is always to help us, help us make it into his kingdom. And until that time, we press on through each storm and we become stronger believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. What's our response to the Lord in the day? Will we be mad at him or will we find joy because he is perfecting us so we can withstand the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's it for today. I'll try to come on as soon as I can. I hope that I've helped somebody to have a better relationship with the Lord. I hope that I've helped somebody believe. My hope is always, and my prayer is always, if I've reached even one person, I've done my job for I've done my job that God, that God has called me to do. And again, this message isn't to judge anybody. That's God's job. I am just simply letting people know, calling a sin a sin, but I will always love the person. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time, bye.